what? What? I was thinking about I want I kind of wanted to open with a song, and I was thinking about like what songs do I like? I should do a parody of a song I like. Okay. I can't. I don't like a lot of songs that are parodyable, because most of them are like it's a play off of Weird Al's parody. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of the songs you seem to send my way or like are already goofy and weird. Yeah, I was actually, I was thinking about something that isn't humor. You know, I like my comedy albums. Yeah. It's like, what do I like that isn't cringe? Um, Prince. But there's like, my favorite Prince album is very, very weird. <laughs> and I don't think anyone would recognize anything from it. So it's not Purple Rain. No, um, Purple Rain's a good one, but... The one I like was very, like, out there for the sake of being out there. And it's got this interesting, um, like, a lot of the songs are contemplative on modern society and modern culture. Like, he coined this beautiful phrase, um, 24 karat hashtag in the bag. And I still think about that phrase to this day. Because it's still, like, it seems completely relevant. Like, Twitter's more relevant now than when he wrote the song. Sure. Um, but it's also, it's like this concept album where there's a running narrative between the songs about how, like, you've kind of, you woke up in the future, and the future is this uh, enlightened kind of utopia. Like, humanity has progressed so rapidly that not only is it good, but it'll take you some time to adjust. So it's like, in between the songs... There's this pleasant voice checking in with you and your progress. And it's all very, like, uplifting and optimistic, like how Star Trek is supposed to be. This is a stupid question. Yes. But is this a real thing you're talking about? Yes. Okay, because I, I, I don't listen to Prince, and I've known you a long time, and this is, seems like this could be one of Cameron's story times. Well, yeah, I think that's why this album speaks to me, is because it, it, it gets... <laughs> The first track, I can't even remember what it's called now. The first track, there's a point where I laugh because it uses so much cliche stock sound effects that it feels like a parody of itself, but it's also self-aware. So it's like, here's some hip-hop random sounds. Here's glass breaking for no reason. Here's a door shutting. Um, And it's like, I'll play it for for Matthew and Kyle, and they'll laugh with me. And it's like this unspoken joke that we share together because this is so, it's just, it touches a nerve where this is creatively interesting. It, it plays off of tropes that we expect and we're so inundated with that the fact that it's present becomes funny. It's just so complex. <laughs> they, don't, a... they don't make music like this. I don't know. Okay, so anyways, well... I can't parody it. So meh. What really surprises me is I just decided to go to Wikipedia, search Prince. That dude released 39 studio albums. Like, everyone talks about Purple Rain all the time, which is his sixth album. So he released 33 more albums after that one. I did not know that. That is a lot of music. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Was it Artificial Age? Uh. Which, also, it's spelled Art Official age not artificial yeah that's and he's clever. got these cool sunglasses where it has like a third eye and it's very prince-esque um 
Oh, I love this album. I don't know why I start talking about it, but... I'm just surprised you like music that's somewhat normal. Like, this isn't uh, Stuart it's, the Sock or a well, Sad Clown or it's also Steven Prince, Universe. It's also Prince being avant-garde for the sake of avant-garde. But it, this can't be the first time he did that, though. He's he's Prince. No, but it's it's not like I said, uh, hey, you know what's cool? This ACDC song I discovered. <laughs> I suppose. It, it's a little, you know... And then the first song, okay, so it's called Artificial Cage. It's like, it's this weird, it's so like painfully, um, like casual and plebeian in how it handles the metaphors that only Prince could successfully present it. I don't know how else to put it. I really think that you should look into some of Devin Townsend's albums, because uh, he's not afraid to be very goofy and blend genres and just insert noises where they don't belong like he did a concept album called ziltoid about an alien that wanted to take over earth to steal all our coffee but then it's also like a pretty cool metal album which i haven't really listened to it but i'm I'm pretty sure that's the 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 plot uh but you might like him i think he's he he mixes like really good musicianship with the fact that he is a strange dude and, and is delightful yeah you're not wrong i should I should give what was his name? Kevin Soundsend. Kevin give, Townsend. Um, Kevin Soundsend. Some more. Listen, okay. I'm gonna do that tonight. Yeah, his newest album is really, really good. Um, there's a song that like he just like has like a almost like a nursery rhyme in it, and then there's like elephants and bird noises, and it's just it's just a it's weird, and it's really you don't know what to expect next. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm reading the Artificial Age track listing, and I forgot, like, a lot of these songs are so out there that you can feel your head doing the internet meme with the galaxy brain. Oh, really? As you listen. But right in the middle, there's this one song called Breakfast Can Wait, where, like, everything is getting so spiritual and deep and expansive, and then Breakfast Can Wait comes up, and it's literally just about how... Like, how precious an uh, intimate relationship with one single person is. And it's a very sweet song about how, hey, I'd rather fuck you right now instead of breakfast. We can we can get breakfast later because I just want to hold you right now. And that's the whole song is just that idea of that, that one moment that breakfast can wait. I feel that, like I've... He grounds little... it. <laughs> it's like, this is this is a really good album. I normally don't like complete albums. I normally like songs I pick out of it. Ooh, I don't do that. You know what I mean? This is actually a, a an album that I can put in. I'll put the CD in my car and listen the beginning to end. There's I just, few. I feel a little cheated because we've done at least a couple episodes where we've tried to talk about music. And now we're having an actual conversation about an album you like. And I'm just like, I, I wish I would have planned for this. I would have listened to it. I I forgot how much I love this until recently. Because I... So my car doesn't have a CD player. Um, it, the, the CD part kind of broke. Okay. And I don't have this song on my, on my phone. I think I still have the CD in my car, but it must have been there since like 2014. So... I'm just I'm I'm now like reliving the experience of listening to it and it's all coming back to me cuz I I have a couple albums. I like the One Daft Punk album. Okay, I'll listen yep. to that one begin to end. Um but like my my music app on my phone is criminally bare. 
I'm gonna just get this going right now. Okay, Google, look up artificial age. Thank you. If we want to plan, like I can listen because I've never heard any of the songs on this. Like we could do a, a an episode or at least like twenty minutes of an episode and talk about this album. Like I can listen to it for next week. You know what? That might be a fun little segment. Um, do you want to pick an album for me to watch, and we'll we'll do a it'll be like a little book club where we'll both have homework. Hmm. To uh, just like sit down, listen to it at least once, reflect on it. I almost have to think about that because, like, go ahead. No, I don't rush. know what I, to give you because I want to give you something you'd actually enjoy. Yeah, give, that also give me something, isn't. Um, I want to listen to an album on Sunday. If okay. You can, if you can decide on something this weekend, I will totally do that. Because the the problem with that Devin Townsend album is that it's like an hour and twenty minutes long. Because that motherfucker's got like a twenty five minute song on it. And I feel like this this one is only like fifty eight this Prince album, and I feel like that's like a good length. Like I want, I should probably give you something that's under an hour or around an hour, because not a lot of artists can pull off over, and I think Devin can, but that's a commitment. But I'll I'll put some thought into it and, and let you know. Okay, let's do it. This sounds fun. Cause remember we did that a, a, a couple months ago, well, probably longer than that ago, and I gave you a Godsmack album, and then I think I listened to the Stuart the Sock album, and then we had like half a show about music, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we could do it again. Yeah, we're good friends, us two. Ah, uh, well, hey, let's um, let's change gears a little bit. I don't want to talk about this too much if we're gonna have a music special. Okay. Um, so you came to me and you said you had a great idea for your next book. Yeah, so I'm in a I'm in a writing group with some people, and we were we were shooting the shit a couple of days ago, and uh, one of the one of the pe- people there is branching into kind of normie fantasy after she spent a decent amount of time creating a following writing uh, erotic fiction, and she was talking about all the different platforms there are to post ongoing stories and short stories, and in her mind, which platform suits what best so she's like hey if you want to write werewolf porn you go to ink it all those people love werewolf porn there if you want to write isekai you go to wattpad and if you want to write normal porn you go here and if you want to write other kind of weird porn you know and it it was just all this stuff we were having a good conversation and i go well what if i wanted to write isekai porn and she's like i mean you could do that and you'd probably do okay most of these places if you did it right and i was like okay we have to start workshopping an isekai porn for those that don't know isekai is a type of uh light novel, manga, anime genre where a person gets transported into another world. Um, stuff like Inuyasha would be like really early versions of it, Escaflone. New versions would be more like Konosuba, uh, oh. the one where the guy turns into a slime. Oh, uh, no, that that one, um, I think Joe knows it. Sword Art Online? No, 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 no. The, uh, shoot, what is it? It's, um, it is about games. It's like Lot lose loss love. What is it? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe I'm thinking of Joe. So the 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 thing with them is that they've become the flavor of the month story, and so they're either like deconstructing it at this point, like Konosuba is a is a comedy of it, and it's playing off tropes of this, or they're very like wish fulfillment because they know the specific kind of people that watch these and read these are, for lack of a better term, losers who wish they could get thrown into a fantasy world where they could fuck all the hot women and cast spells. Like, it's one or the other. And so, 
Obviously, we would write that one if we're writing smut. But my idea was that, okay, this guy gets transported into this world, and it's... he. Everybody, for the, for the sake of the story, everybody's bisexual. And then every time anybody gets horny, their genitals of choice turn into a weapon, like a sword. And they have to sword fight each other with their penises. It was the, was the visual. And I, we were trying to go back and forth on how to make this an actual thing that could make some level of sense that we could turn into an actual story. And my big thing is I kept getting stuck on this visual where this guy is Excalibur and his penis is just stuck into a, a stone block. And he's just like, can someone please save me? I don't want to be stuck in this stone block anymore. And like, people have to like feed him because he can't move because it's just like this giant stone pillar. It was really funny to me. I, I got this mental image of, like, a, a dwarf like Gimli, but he's so, like, masculine that, like, his his great axe is too great for him to handle it if the situation gets out of hand. I like the idea of, like, a, like a physics thing where he, like, spins it around and then, like, throws himself with it like Thor does with his hammer in Avengers. Yeah. And it's just, like, this weird spinning penis dwarf <laughs> with a giant axe. This is reminding me of, um... Of Kill a Kill? Sure. Uh, of course, like, that'd be tame by comparison, I guess. But <laughs> it's like, there's like, a, a conflict will build around the literal eye candy that is being just paraded around in a self-aware way. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, is like, I was thinking there's a villain, right? And like, like the internal logic of this world is you only fight when you want to have sex. Like, there's like, it, it's tied together, right? Like, there's a, almost an innocence to it. We're like, we're gonna fight with our with a genitals, and that'll be a good time. And then there's the villain who's overcome this by he has a locket of a uh, basically a, a piece of porn in, in this locket that he carries with him, and so he will look at that to get his sword, and then he will kill people or rob people, and then it's like he's doing it wrong, right? Like he's breaking the rules, and only the the guy from another world is like, you guys are stupid, right? Like. Why don't why doesn't everybody just do that? It's like we can't do that. Like, like the uh, the sword sex is a very sacred thing between a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or a woman and a man. It doesn't well, really matter here. Wait, wait, wait. No, I got this great image. Okay, I picture this like super heroic knight. Um, and you know how like typically knights have like a squire mm-hmm. or or something. There should be like a a battle priest cleric lady that like that follows him around as an assistant. But like secretly, he can't he can't draw his sword unless um she stomps on him and calls him <laughs> dirt, <laughs> and she's obligated to assist him. But she's really not into it. So it's, so it's like she feigns it, and he's always saying like, "No, you have to mean it," and it like embarrasses whoever he's dueling with, like uh, during warm up. I love that idea so much because that I feel is like that would be in an anime. Like yeah, I'm just like. I'm trying to think of how any of this could work because it is so unbelievably stupid and it's probably not even that funny. But for some reason, I just, I like the idea of like the guys like, oh, sweet, I'm finally in another world. I can't wait to learn my superpowers and save the day. I'm eventually going to be like a king because that's how these always work. And then he just like sees a girl that he thinks is really attractive and all of a sudden he's got a giant sword between his legs and he's like, what the fuck? And then she's like, oh, I see you want to duel. And then she's got, like, swords come out of her nipples. And then she charges him, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. 
I picture like a really interesting um like a like a super buff giant lady and her thighs turn into ages. <laughs> just like just she she is like an impenetrable uh shields. Mhm. And it's and it's like like you can't penetrate me. And then I someone like, will I like say that's, that's our... the eighth <laughs> it's the eightieth time I've heard that today. It's not funny. And then my question though is like at a certain point do you acknowledge the metaphor and just be like and then but this time they just have normal sex, or do you just never acknowledge that it's the metaphor? I think it'd be funny to just never acknowledge the metaphor. And then so the other question is is um how do you play into like something like oral where you, or or well I mean I guess at what point is sex done? Is it like they had a good fight? Do people get hurt? Does anybody die? Like, I don't know how the logic of this would actually work. I haven't put enough thought into it. I I feel like there's also room for sight gags where, like, some, some bandit's going to jump out, but he's not going to have a sword. He's going to have, like, a flail. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to swing it around, and they're all, everyone else is kind of like weirded out by it because it's like, why do you have a flail? And he's like, "Shut up, give me your money." He's like, "No, but that's kind of weird. Why do you have a flail?" <laughs> <laughs> and like, it gets like self conscious, and it doesn't spin as fast anymore. <laughs> What's funny is that I can I can picture this as an anime, right? Like, I can I've watched enough anime, I understand what anime look like, and I'm just like, yeah, I can see this happening in a TV show. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about anime? We can talk about anime. I don't want to like completely change the subject, but this is an awful subject. Have you seen any interspecies related or no interspecies reviewers? Is that what it's called? No. Do you, does that sound familiar at all? No. So, I gotta adjust my mic. Sorry. There we go. Um, Interspecies reviewers. You haven't heard that at all? This is the first time. Okay. So, um, it's it's literally, it's a world, it's like a fantasy world, and there's a lot of, like, typical fantasy races. Like, there's um, ogres and harpies and, and uh, mermaids and all that kind of stuff. And cows, apparently. Uh, everything. There's a uh, slimes, ghosts, uh, succubi, skeletons. Um, but it's also a relatively like civilized world. Like it's not Lord of the Rings warfare all the time. Okay. And because everything, you know, there's not really like that conflict or racism or anything. Uh, and a lot of people are just kind of open. So it's following these reviewers that go to these different species brothels and just review the different kinds of girls. So it's like, um, like okay, how about harpies? Uh, you know what? They're kind of cute to look at, but you know they're they're fine. Uh, six out of ten. And then like mermaids, it's like oh they, they look great. Um, it, you can't get around the bottom though. I'm gonna give it a four. And Apparently, like, Funimation canceled this one. So I don't. We, we can talk about the Funimation part later. Let's just talk okay. about the actual anime. Um, there's like. It's mostly just a comedy, like it's more comedy than actual like, uh, like pornography at that point. But it's sure. very adult. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm looking at a screenshot of a bunch of characters, and like two of them are clearly like cows, and they have like breasts bigger than their heads. And it's like, oh, it's one of these. Yeah, there's one where they they found uh, 
it was fairies or pixies or something. Um, but the problem with the pixies is that they're so small that what they what they actually do is you have to pay up front and then they measure you and if you're too big then they they don't refund you and they ask you to leave. So it's like oh, okay, they actually they're really good and they know what they're doing, but they make you pay up front and you might not get anything out of it. So three out of ten. Honestly, good on the pixies. Well, I mean, I think they could. They should have a separate like a measuring fee. And then a good part fee. I guess like you, you, it could still be too big. You can still spit on it. Like there's things you can do that don't involve. Yeah, I'm assuming they have sex. I think they earn the low rating from everything that I understood about it. Okay, yeah, I I guess I can, I can kind of see that. Um, there was, (laughs) there was one where it was uh, cyclopses, and they're kind of like, they're basically like, yeah, I don't. There's not actually anything like that weird about them so it's good like if the if the face is upsetting to you then that's a thing but like everything else is the same i don't know seven out of ten where it's like it's like why did they they actually talk about it afterwards like why do we get requested to review these like they're they're so like normal compared to most of the stuff we do and then it cuts to this shy cyclops lady that requested it because she's so self-conscious about her one big eye that she thought no one would like her but after reading the the lukewarm review, she's like, "I am normal," and she she stopped wearing a mask over her face. And it's like, "Oh, it's kind of sweet, I guess." This is such a weird premise for a thing, and I kind of like the idea of it, but I can see how a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah, I think that this is one of those things that works very good in print, where you can have these niche concepts or niche. Is it niche? I think it's niche. You can have these niche concepts in print because they're just short little books that you pick up and usually they're very specialized, you know? Yeah. Putting this on Funimation, if you want to talk about that, um, the, Funimation isn't run well. So they they apparently didn't even know what this was when they like greenlit it and had them do the all the like the <laughs> all the dubbing and <laughs> all the work. Like, whoever makes the decision never even saw what it was. He's just like, yeah, stamp, it's anime, whatever. And then after the first episode aired, they got a lot of feedback. Because, like, why would you have this? This is this is not okay. And, like, oh, okay. <laughs> is it on Crunchyroll? Because, obviously, there, there's a season, right? Like, Yeah, there, there was one where they're, they're at an inn and there's a harpy. And she had to take a break and she went upstairs. And they're like, oh, wasn't she going to bring us our, our breakfast? It's like, well, no, you know, she went upstairs. I, I think it's actually a time of the month where she has to lay her egg. And then they start talking about egg laying. And then the one guy was like, oh, have you seen that? We should go to that one place where they do egg laying. We could review that. And like, is that a thing? It's like, yeah, let's go. So they all go. And it's just like giant gross lizard person. And it's a stadium of like cheering her on. And, like, most of them, like, the one guy is, like, way into it, and then the others are all kind of like, can we just go now? And everyone else is, like, getting really excited. The kind of funny thing about this show is that, at least from the what you were telling me, it sounds kind of sex positive and, like, body positive. Like, as weird and probably lewd as it is, it, it also doesn't seem like it's... I'd have to watch it, right, to see where what angle it's attacking this stuff from, if it's actually being a 
negative or if it is just being kind of a, a silly comedy that's also just sort of like, hey, these people are willing to try everything because it, that's it's fine in this world. Like they're they're cool with it. Like it's everything is fair game and let's have some fun. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like that sounds like it, you could make that work. Uh, it, it really comes down to doing it, I guess, tastefully. You know, with the execution. Yeah, it's not. Um, I I think uh, you put it very well earlier when you said it's probably not for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, if you if you listen to this description and you're curious, then you're you're going to be curious, and my recommendation doesn't matter either way. Mm-hmm. That's my review. <laughs> so that whatever I say doesn't matter at this point. Um, there was a what was the one. Oh, there was one place where what they do is they give you a magic potion that makes you change gender. And that one got like, they, like they went crazy with the vocals where that's like a lot more explicit. Okay. Even though they're not necessarily showing a lot, it's kind of like the scenes really, you know, you expect it to fade to black and then it doesn't fade to black as soon as you think it will. Oh, so I mean I and again I don't think I've actually sat down and watched a whole episode but like clips will show up on YouTube and it's like well if it's on YouTube it can't be that bad so I'll watch this out of context clip and I've heard stories from other people describing it um and it's like you know what this is kind of funny but I also I don't want to sit down and just watch an episode yeah I don't I feel like this would almost work better as like five minute or ten minute shorts on like Adult Swim right like this seems like Something that would show up between reruns of Rick and Morty and Family Guy. And you'd watch a little clip, like a commercial-sized clip, and there would be, over the course of a year, like a, a narrative that would form, and maybe it would get like a 10-minute or 15-minute season finale. And then you'd watch that, and you'd be like, this is really funny, and like eight other people watch this at 2 in the morning while they're high as fuck, you know, waiting for squidbillies. I think this would work really well in print form, in small chapters yeah I like mean, it was I, probably written <laughs> yeah like that that's the other thing too is uh it, it's kind of funny like i mean we've talked about anime a decent amount on the show and i don't know how often you've like read a thing and then watched the adaptation or watched the adaptation and then read the thing after the fact right like do you ever really do that so i haven't actually watched anime in forever and i think the most recent thing i've watched was b stars Okay. And, and I did read that before I watched it. And so mostly, was it like a good adaptation? Like, was it faithful? It really, really was. Um, there are some, like, th- there are some elements that are fleshed out a little more in the anime that I feel like don't have to be, but it also makes it, like, uh, it sets the tempo a little better. So it kind of, like, maybe there was a reason they stretched this part out, or maybe there was a reason why they dwelt on this topic so much. Sure. Um, And I guess the, like, structurally, if you watch, have you seen it yet? I've, uh, I have not seen any of it. I've read the first volume, and I don't know how much of the first volume, like, how many episodes comprise it, if it's, like, only one or two. Because not a lot happens in that first 180 pages. It does a lot of introduction stuff and introducing the characters and how their dynamics going to be, which is fine in long form fiction, right? Uh, but when you adapt that to the screen, obviously, like these 10 panels can be five seconds of animation. And so I'm wondering if the pacing's got to be pretty different. 
A little bit. It is, um, I do think it starts off pretty slow. Okay. Uh, remind me where volume one ends. Oh, shit. I read this a couple weeks ago, and has, I kind of don't he, remember. Has Lugosi met Haru yet? Yes. Okay. Um, because honestly, I think that is like a couple episodes. Okay, yeah, because uh, I think at the end of that one, he... It, it ends around the time, I think, when he tackles her and has this internal mental struggle of like, Oh, do I eat no, her or do I? One. Oh, it is episode one. Yeah. So I, I meant like actually meet, not encounter. Okay. No, no, no. I don't know if they really have any major conversations. Okay. If there's a falling action or not, I don't, I don't quite remember. I think what's interesting is the art is very unique in the, in the manga. Um, I feel like everything has a lot of personality. Like all the characters are very animal-y with See, a face that dis- looks... Oh yeah, I always disagreed. Okay, yeah. so we read this, and so we talked about this on the comics podcast a couple episodes ago. I really didn't care for the artwork in this. I thought it's it not was good. A... Huh? <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I didn't feel like there was that much expression or personality, in a, and especially the background characters. But even the, the foreground ones, like, it's hard to tell the rabbits apart. And I feel like when you're comics and manga, like, you can do really, really exaggerated facial expressions, and this almost tried to keep things more grounded than this animal nature, which is a thing to do, but it, it to me it, it made characters feel a lot more blank with the exception of Lagoshi, who's always like hunched over and sad like he thinks he's, you know, about to kill his own dog. So like he's got a lot of character to him and I understand him from a visual perspective a lot more than everybody else who just seem like animal people but with not a lot of great detailing. So that's that's very intentional. Um and they do lean heavily into the animal part. I think the problem I have with the anime is that the the use of the 3D models helps greatly with the character consistency. So, like, anatomy is always 100% correct because it's on model, because it's the same 3D model. Okay. Um, in the manga, sometimes things are drawn, like, poorly, but I feel like it adds to charm that I don't see in other manga where everything feels like it was stamped on the same. Okay. So the quality is technically less, but I feel like the soul goes up. That makes sense. It translates very well in animation, and they lean pretty well into the animal parts and the animal characteristics. But at the same time, sometimes it kind of feels like... um, Like, I don't understand sometimes if you're supposed to like Haru or not, because she is kind of plain... And it's like, are we supposed to believe that she's cute and everyone thinks she's cute? Or is she actually kind of a runt? Like, I don't know what they're what they're trying to do with her character. Because usually uh, an anime character's design says a lot. So when someone has a right. specific kind of hairstyle, you know, oh, that's the pretty girl. Even though objectively her face is exactly the same, they're presenting her in a specific way. Well, there's also that thing, too, where main characters in anime are often way more over-designed than non-main characters, right? Like, so you look at, like, Yu-Gi-Oh, you're like, yeah, he's the main character of this. Look how many different colors are in his hair. Yeah, there's that. There's also a reverse effect in this, because it was used with so much uh, 3D animation. Um, A lot of characters in the background don't get 3D models, they're just drawn. Which is funny because it gives them more unique personality because they'll have a pose or like a more detailed face and you won't notice it, but like they don't move or only their oh. mouth moves. 
Sure. Um, and they'll they'll they cleverly hide it. It's not it's not a bad execution of it. It's just I remember thinking like I'll notice all of the background characters. Like in the back, there's like a cheetah that's like, oh, I kind of I think that cheetah's cute. Does she get more lines? And then she never shows up again. And then there'll be like an interesting like there's a rhino dude, and it's like, oh, that rhino dude's cool, but he's very far away. <laughs> and it's like I normally don't notice background characters because main characters get more attention but this is like a reverse effect where yeah Lugosi's like wandering around but I'm looking at the shop in the back look at all those guys sure look at that lion is he gonna do something no mm. and then I also I, I really um I really hate Juno um I mean I hate her as a character but what I hate is to make her more expressive they modeled her after a dog but she's supposed to be a wolf. It's just that dog facial muscles have more expressive muscles. Oh, really? So they, they replicated the faces dogs can make so that she can emote more. And it, you're told, like, you're it's introduced, like, look, it's Juno. She's a wolf. And I look, and it's like, that's a dog. <laughs> like, don't lie to me. And I feel like this show means more the more you know about animals because you pick up on subtle things. Um, there are some weird, like, animal behavior things that I didn't realize I, I knew, but I was watching it with a friend, and he kept asking me questions. And it's like, well, no, animals do that. And he's like, oh, do they really? I didn't understand why she did that. And it's like, no, that's just natural for animals. Hmm. So I feel like it, it almost depends on how much you like animals. Sure. It will weigh in on how much you like the story. Um, I also like, like, tragic romances that have murder cannibalism, I guess. But that's on that. me. It is on you. Um, I remember, obviously, when it comes to the, the adaptation thing, the, the big one that I fall back on, and I've probably talked about this before on the show, is Hunter x Hunter, uh, where towards the end of the, of the Antarch, the guy writing it was getting very burnt out on the process, and so he started doing less art and more just writing. He was writing all of these narration bubbles and over-explaining things in his text because he didn't feel like drawing it and he was just depressed and whatnot. And when they adapted it to an anime, they kept all that and it's fucking dreadful. (laughs) And uh, it's one of those things where, like, anime is weird in that way where I feel like a lot of... Some of the adaptations, they approach it with, okay, we have the manga and that is our storyboard and we're going to try and do this as accurately as possible. And that's, that'll be the good thing if we succeed. And so in this case, that was evidently how they were approaching that section where they're like, well, the narrator starts talking a lot, so we'll just have the narrator explain what everybody's doing all the time for ten episodes. And our fans will like it because they're stupid. And I almost stopped watching it, but I was like a hundred and some episodes in, and I was almost done. So I was like, fine, I guess we'll finish this thing. And so that's, that's like, to me, a big miss. Whereas if you look at Kaon, which is a... a Wonderful, wonderful anime. It was based on a four-panel uh, kind of gag strip that uh, this some guy wrote. I don't know. Uh, but all the good stuff in the anime is stuff that the studio made up for the anime. Like, there's really not a lot of the original in there other than a handful of setups and, like, the characters themselves. Like, they really started creating their own thing, which is different but also, like, really cool because they did a great job. Um, the other example, yes. I guess... I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I I don't know why I thought you were going to say one, one more thing. 
You had I, a very I wasn't clear sure part. either. Well, I just one of those. I didn't really like leave you anything to even say after that because if you haven't read the the manga, which I haven't, or if you haven't seen the anime, which I don't, you have. Like, well, you're just like, oh, I, neat, that's a fact. So I, I just sent you the uh, uh, Juno in the manga and then in the anime. I don't know. They look similar. They look similar. Like it's a very, it's a good and faithful adaptation, but in motion when she emotes, like in the animation, you see the muscles they're using on the face. And they're, they're wrong. And it's like, I kind of like the abstractism of the the very... I feel like in the manga, the characters aren't that appealing. Like, they are animals. And I kind of like that approach. And and the lines are so inky. Like, it's, uh, it's not amateurish. But sure. it's not manufactured in a factory yeah for sure it has a very real handmade quality to it so when they adapted it into 3d (laughs) we'll do cgi 3d models i kind of like my skin crawled a little bit but they did do a really good job i think (laughs) it's just kind of different uh, the only other anime i've watched and i've also read the manga is uh, elf and lead which is fairly notorious it came out in the 2000s and is interesting because it's very edgy it's like what are all the horrible things in fiction that you wouldn't actually want to see in fiction like hurting children torture uh rape you know all that stuff it's like we're gonna have all of that in our show and in the manga and we're gonna write a story about that and we're gonna somewhat make it make sense yada 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 and so the manga is interesting because the artwork is notoriously bad and so the anime is interesting then because it's actually really well animated with really good art design so it looks really good uh but the anime only adapts about half of the the manga and so it ends at a cliffhanger but it's a an open-ended cliffhanger where depending on how you perceive it it's actually a good ending or it's not whereas in in the in the manga it's a really shitty cliffhanger and then the answer to it sucks and then that it gets terrible as it goes and so the anime is actually to me the better version because it like it stops before it gets really stupid, and then uh, the the ending is like this more metaphorical ending instead of a literal one. So that was a neat, and I haven't read or watched either of those things in many years, but that was the kind of a neat you know the the adaptation thing. And I feel like we've done an entire episode on adaptations, and if not, we maybe should because there's obviously the books to movies thing that. Uh, video games to movies or or vice versa. Movies to video games is the big one in the 2000s. Well, I got another one uh, that I did read before watching. It's just, this is kind of a different approach because this isn't like a narrative manga. But are you familiar with Pop Team Epic? That is familiar. I don't think I've seen it, but I bet if I look at the characters I will recognize some of them. You will. Um... They they should. I don't know who who is the brave person that said I'll give you a budget to make a cartoon because it it doesn't need a cartoon. But I, I I oh boy I don't I haven't laughed that hard in like a year. It's um, another one that looks like it should be on Adult Swim. It re- really, yeah, it would fit Adult Swim very well. Um, if you're not familiar with the comic, they're typically just like four panel shorts. Okay. And they're typically just inane kind of jokes that it's almost like that Japanese sense of humor where you might not even get it. Um, 
I like the. I think one of my favorites is the two of them go to the zoo, and they and they go look a koala, and she's like ooh, and then look a panda, and she goes ooh, and then look a koala. I saw it already. Look a panda. I saw it already. And that's the four panels. Sure. And it's like it makes me laugh, but it's also a very Japanese sense of humor thing. And so when I see some of these, um, it's like I like. Are they just gonna adapt? Or just like animate it? And you're supposed to enjoy it. Like I feel like it works when you scroll past it on Twitter and read it real quick. You know, it, I don't want to like sit down and watch the anime version of this joke sure. where they go to the zoo. So I sat down and watched this anime version of the joke where they go to the zoo, and it puts me in tears. It, like it's so funny, but it's so funny because it's it's very beyond self aware. Like it, it is Deadpool on crack. With how, like, fourth wall breaking it is. Every episode opens with an anime intro to the wrong anime. <laughs> where it's like, it's it's like a cliche, like, K-On! Sort of, like, high school thing. And it's a love story. But there's also a plot going on. Because the intro introduces you to the characters. Like, there's so, like, cliche tropey that you'd know what all the characters are. And then the end credits, it'll say... Oh, next time on that anime, and it's like, like, well, how do you go to the dance with Asuko? I said, go, but it's like, ah, yeah, Willie, I don't know. And and it progresses. So there's like a whole plot to an anime you're not watching. Sure. Um, There's a couple times where they'll just like, they'll run out of budget. Like, it'll be a, a recognized joke that I'm aware of. But halfway mm-hmm. through, I know what the punchline is. And then the color will disappear. And it turns into... Just like paper sketches, and then just like pans back, and it's in the animation studio, and they're like, "I give up," and and it's like the writers or the voice actors are having an argument in the voice recording booth over like <laughs> I like I I it's like a producer, I, I when I read the script, I I thought I thought this was a typo. Is this the script? I thought this was like a love story. I I why are we arguing over like hot sauce for fifteen pages, and they have like an argument. And while they're, this is like security cam footage, while they're having the argument, the ghost from Ringu slowly appears in the corner, like she just fades in and starts staring at the camera. And they That's don't notice the fucking ghost. Fucking amazing. But she's staring at you. And it's like, what is this adaptation? I think the second episode opened with, um, it was like the boardroom from Evangelion. But they were the anime producers that decided to greenlight this series. And they're like, what will we tell the studio when we when they see how much money we wasted on this stupid cartoon? It's like, we'll tell them they shouldn't have trusted us with their money. And it's like, <laughs> what is this show? <laughs> I love it so much. You know, though, I feel like that's a better way to adapt the four panel thing. Like, Because they're obviously, they, they know what it is. They're very self-aware and they're they're going, you know, they're 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 going the extra mile with it, right? Whereas Kaon is the other way, where okay, they only had these four panel comics, so they had to invent a lot of character things to actually flesh out enough to get you know a full two seasons worth of of plot and character development. The one in the middle that I think does it wrong is Lucky Star, where it tries to basically be somewhat faithful, and and so it's just a series of gags that don't really coherently fit together, but there's nothing like extra special crazy to keep you there to watch like it lucky star is a really weird anime in that regard because like the 
thing about it is like you watched it when it came out and it was so referential to other things like other anime and manga that you would talk to people about that part of it but it was never really like this is a good show it's more like this show ha- is making fun of things i know therefore i am watching it but if you go back and watch it now which i've done a year or two ago it's really not that good there's really nothing there all the characters there's nothing to them the, the it's just a series of like loosely connected gags until like the last episode which has a plot and you're like oh why didn't all the episodes have a plot like that would have been great even just something structured to connect everything together. It doesn't have to be crazy. It just has to be there. And and so, yeah, the, this what you're talking about sounds really fun. And I'm honestly, I'm watching like a, a gag reel on YouTube, and it's it's pretty silly. One of the best ones. I I forget all the details, but there was a joke where they took one of the one of the cartoons they wanted to animate, but they sent it to someone that works in the U.S. department, and they just told them that he had to make the whole thing. And he doesn't speak Japanese, and they didn't give him any direction at all. Oh god! So he he had to adapt it on his own outside of his skill set. Um, so he like Google translated what he wanted to say, and he did all the voice work. And they have like footage of him at his desk explaining, like, "Hello, I'm here." Um, and, and this next cartoon I made. <laughs> And then they play it, and it's funny, and it's like it's not animated super great, and he's doing the voices, and so the voices are all wrong, um, and and he's like speaking in very bad Japanese, and it's like knowing that they're just like pranking the intern in the U.S. office is a five minute bit on this show, and it's like I can't believe they did this. This is so brilliant. That is really good. <laughs> that is also like wildly similar to like Adult Swim shit, right? Like I would expect that on Adult Swim, and I think. Maybe like there's a reason why this is because I I watched I've watched enough Adult Swim cartoons right in my day, especially in uh, college. Like it was for some reason a lot funnier then than it is now. Uh, but the fourth wall breaks the the let's prank someone is a gag on our show. Like that that stuff it fits right at home with that style of humor to me. Yeah, it really does. I I read I would recommend Pop Team Epic to you. Yeah, I might have to. Uh, where can I watch this? I've been watching it on Netflix, but okay. I I feel like there's more than one way to find it. I I imagine, and I do mean more than one legal way. If you get illegal, <laughs> there's probably even more ways that are even more convenient. Is it kissanime.ru? Have you been following these uh the Sailor Moon redraw challenge? A little bit. I've seen some of it on Reset Era. I've seen some of it on my own Facebook feed where people are posting stuff. There's like a billion of them. I love all of them. It's very funny. Like I, I'm enjoying it. I don't really like, know or care about Sailor Moon. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I'm so disappointed in that they redid the anime so that the art would more faithfully match the manga's art, but it's also like written and produced much poorly. Oh. And it's like what a shame because they got it to look so good. Like, each each frame looks like it's the cover of the manga. Like, they did so much good work. And <laughs> it's such a bad adaptation. It's just not fun to watch. I don't know. That's a shame. I got it. Okay, here's an art design question. This We won't talk much about this. But when you, there's, like, eyelashes or the eye, like, the top of the eye line, but then hair clips over it. Do you think you should see the eye line or do you think you should see the hair? I mean, ideally, you would see the hair, but when it comes to anime, I, at this point, I, I don't care. 
Because I swear, fun. every time I draw something, the first feedback I get is that I did it wrong. Oh, really? It's like, oh, you filled in the, the hair wrong. I can still see the eyelash. And it's like, yeah, I did that on purpose. And then I'll do it the other way. And people are like, well, the hair is covering the eyes. You can still draw them so that you can see them. And it's like, yeah, it, I don't. <laughs> damned if you do, right? Damned if you don't. I mean, to be fair, my art's not, like, great. So. I think your art's pretty good. It, it's. I have a thing. Yeah, you know, I think you do I, some I like, cute stuff. I like cartooning. Yeah. Um. I I hate I hate like posting something and then someone says what's this Kel art stuff and it's like it's you can critique it but part of critique is like offering something yeah not just saying oh it's Kel art <laughs> it's, I mean this is bad I said it I don't know, I f- I feel like you have a specific style and you execute it in the way you want it to like you have to define artistic projects sort of by the parameters they set sometimes like did this succeed at what it wanted to do i don't have a style that's my problem I, oh i think you i don't know i redid that cover did i sh- did i send you that uh yes you did yeah because the first when i started i just traced um catherine because i thought that mm-hmm. would be like funny but it's like now that people are actually reading this it's like i don't i don't want to <laughs> that's a tracing i don't want people to see that I don't know. In, in, in your defense, I think it was funny. Like I, I knew exactly what it was from, and I was like, ah, I get what he's doing here. It's a, it was a reference that I was intentionally, um, uh, I was using for satirical purpose. It, you know, it's not like I'm pretending it was my art, right? But it's still kind of not what I want to do. Sure. I don't know. Speaking of things I want to do, uh, I want to talk about good things. Do you have a glad space? Yeah. I've- it's funny, like, this week's been a weird and kind of rough, but I ended up having a lot of things that were cool. The one I want to talk about is I found a YouTube channel called David Bull. Like, that's just his name. It's his YouTube channel. And he's a um, a gentleman in his 60s, uh, probably late 60s at this point, that when he was younger, he was really infatuated with uh, Japanese wood carve printing, where you carve an image into wood and then you apply the ink and then basically use it like a stamp right and you multiple stamps with multiple colors to create an image to replicate it and so he moved to japan to learn how to do this and when i first heard that i was like what a fucking weeb but this is like kind of before that was a thing and uh so he's got a youtube channel uh, talking about the craft about the history of what he's done and, and and how he got into this and some of the prints he's made, and I've, I've been watching a series on how he's researched and is designing one so he can replicate this famous Japanese picture uh, in the Japanese style, and he, he actually owns a print studio that employs people now, and it, it's a a really fascinating YouTube channel. There's He's got a great way of talking. He's very relaxing, but he's very uh, excited, too, right? Like, there's a, kind of that Bob Ross thing where he's, he's this pleasant person to listen to but you can tell he really likes what he's doing and he wants to talk about it and i I really i really appreciate basically just everything about it like it's not important content but it's very enjoyable and i'm tempted to buy a print because he does have a store and and they're they're pretty cool like some of them are expensive i'd probably buy one of the cheaper ones but there's it's a neat thing that is very niche that evidently he's doing well enough to make a living off of I like what you showed me. You sent me some of his stuff, right? Yep. Hey, I sent Is that what it was? Okay. Day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff, dude. 
I want to get into pyrography, but I don't want to like take the time to sit down and learn a new art. Yeah, I can uh, I can see that. Like I've you know, I got that bass guitar right. And it's like one of these days I'm going to learn how to play that, but also man, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What what about you? You got anything you're glad about this week? No. Oh. I I really need some glad right now. Um not a not a good week. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. There's something though, I'm sure. Oh, you know what? Just just last night. Um I haven't touched this in years, but it's on sale and the, and so the ad came up on Steam. And so I decided to go ahead and like reinstall and play some Star Trek Bridge Crew. Uh have I talked about that on the show yet? I think early early episodes that uh, when this was born new you you would mention playing this. So yeah, and you know what it is, right? You get on the you're on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah, and, and you yeah everybody sitting sits, down at a console yeah, and multiplayer. So everyone has their own role. Um, it, it's so it's so satisfying to to have a task and focus on doing your task. Uh, I was playing with Joe, and he was the engineer, and it was fun because he's kind of like I'm I I'm still learning. I don't know how stuff works, and like five minutes in. We're getting shot at by Klingons, and I didn't even have to tell him what to do. He was managing repairs and restoring the shields, and like he was like multitasking. I didn't have to tell him to do anything because he knows what he's doing. Um, but I'm telling the helm, like, no, target the target the one that's just turning to the left there because he's he's making a bad angle, and we could really nail him. And so we're like sure. retargeting, and it's just it's so neat. I love I love cooperative stuff where it actually feels like you're a team. Yeah. Um, and it helps when you have different things to focus on. So it's just kind of like, I'm not a good captain. <laughs> I can't I can't direct things. I, I really just want to do things myself and get hands-on. So I'd rather be working the helm. Mm-hmm. They're really tactical, but uh, a lot of people like the lasers. So it's like, I want to be the laser man. Like, okay. Um, that sounds but, fun. I know Joe mentioned playing it the other day, and he said it was pretty neat. It yeah it it's a little janky because this is an early VR game, and I feel yeah. like by now there are a few more standards in place where there, there's better ways to handle certain things. So it's not it's a little buggy. Maybe it could stand an update. But I showed them the hard mode, which is the original series, and it's it's kind of funny because what they do is they don't just like skin everything to look like original series. They give you like show accurate buttons where they're just the little jelly beans that aren't marked oh no so it's literally you just have a grid and it's just like it's literally like a 7 by 12 grid of jelly beans and you just have to like i guess i gotta memorize how these work well yeah it's like there's like to turn the ship you don't get like a joystick to like throttle with it's literally like there's basically an asdw setup in this arbitrary location on your grid so it's oh, like we no. gotta turn, you know, turn to port. So push the port button. Um, it's like it's amazing when you want to like adjust uh stuff in engineering. It's like you gotta tap the up button a bunch of times. So it's like your character's like finger just twitching. Like I'm put, I'm <laughs> giving her all this guy, <laughs> Captain. <laughs> click 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 click. Um, the when you're in the captain's seat, you have a clipboard, 
Like, you don't have a heads-up display. You have to grab your clipboard and look at it to get the mission details. It's so cute that they built it that way. But it also functionally is a neat hard mode. Because it's like if you... The controls are intentionally simple because the VR thing can be overwhelming. And you're being shot at by Klingons, so that's scary. So functionally, there's not actually that much to the game. So putting in this kind of difficult mode where there's a little more things to pay attention to, it's kind of brilliant in a weird way. Sure. That sounds pretty cool. Or at least, like, worth a laugh. That's mostly what it is. Um, I know <laughs> it. it's kind of... You play with random people, that's a real grab bag. Uh... I I wanna I wanna recommend you watch the Oni plays where he did Star Trek because he made it funny because he's telling jokes, right? But the captain on that run was also pretty funny, and it's like it reminds me of the best times I've had with the game. The worst times are like last night we're playing with like a ten year old who I I don't I don't know what his problem was, but he kept. <laughs> He, he said that he's like he's his house got flooded. He's in the floods and the tornadoes. So I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting on a I'm on a desk. I don't even have a chair. I'm sitting on my desk. And more than once his character's arms would fly up and her head would go sideways. And, and it's like what's going on? And he's like I fell over. I'm sorry. I'm I'm fell over. And while we're being shot at, my I'm I'm looking at him like and you can tell he's like trying to readjust his headset. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most bizarre experience it can only find in VR. Yeah. It reminds me that one time we played VR chat and we went to the other courtroom. And there was that like annoying dude who wanted to make it all about him. And eventually we all muted him. But I remember at one point, he got the judge's attention. And the judge is just like, what? And he's like, I'm going to do my no-no square dance. And he did like a dance. And he says, don't come in my no-no square. And I started laughing because I thought that was funny. And then the judge was like, yes, very good. Now sit down so we can get in court. Again, <laughs> just like this tired man <laughs> who's just trying to play this dumb game. <laughs> yeah, it, the Star Trek Bridge crew is a lot like going to court in VR chat. Okay. Um, when you get a room of like-minded people, it's the best form of video game I've ever experienced. And the 99% of the time that that doesn't pan out completely, it's a little goofy. I mean, I I, got to admit, I was kind of goofy, too. Like, I'm sitting in the captain's chair, and I don't know what to do. So I was like, hey, um, pull my finger. And somebody, like, turned around and looked at me, but they wouldn't do it. And then I hit the red alert button. And it's like, ah, I'm the only one laughing. Oh, no, I'm that guy. Sorry. There we go. I hate I hate this Facebook Messenger. If you if you try to call me, I don't get the notification on my computer, but my phone lights up. So I'm trying to figure out who's calling me on my phone, and it's like, oh, it's a Facebook Messenger app that I'm looking at and not seeing anything. Yeah, Stupid. and then like you tried to call me back, but I still had the old uh, tab open, and so I'm just like, where's the button? Yeah, and, I don't. And it was in a different window. It's frustrating that this is also our best means of communicating. <laughs> to be We've fair, tried... we almost made it to the end this time before one of us got disconnected. Yeah, it was pretty good tonight. Um, yeah. So yeah, next week we're gonna we're gonna listen to uh, 
what what was it? You're gonna, I'm gonna listen to a Prince album, and I have to figure out what you should listen to. Artificial Age. Yeah, I like that. Okay, this will be fun. I and listeners at home, you can also listen to Artificial Age, and um, probably the the other album I can put in the description of this episode. So just scroll down, and you can you can listen along with us. We'll have a good time next week. Yay! Yay! Oh, speaking of music, I should have uh, everything the 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 cavity death metal song I've been working on, the cover of the Cats the Musical, is done. I finished that today and uh, exported the final master, and I'm just waiting on art. But by the time this goes up, that should be on my Bandcamp, and it'll be free. So if you go to anonum.bandcamp.com, it's I N O N U M. No, in on yeah. I-N-O-N-U-M. Yeah, I spelled it right. I did it. I did it, everybody. I got my band right. But if you go Yay. there, uh, it'll be free to download. And it'll be fun. It's a, it's, a, it's a, It turned out pretty good, I think. It's stupid, but it's got a good guitar tone. I think it's sounding pretty good. You sent me some, some work-in-progress stuff. Yeah, that was near completion, the last thing I sent you. So I've made a couple of tweaks. But uh, it's done. Oh, fuck, I'm yawning. Oh, we got an email in at Ooh. opinionsarecheap.gmail.com. Uh, Blizzard wants us to know that they're selling the world's worst Sylvanas action figure. <laughs> you, have, you have to see how bad the sculpt is. They, they, I... they, they did this, like, they sell these, like, classy statues. For some reason, they went with one that has, um, like, uh, joints and stuff, so you can pose it differently. So they give her this like weird fabricy cloak that doesn't look right at all, and then the face is horrible. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. You can't you? No, it's horrible. The face is a little um off, but it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. And I think the the armors and the details on it are pretty good. The problem is, is like it's not the the face isn't for like all the poses they're showing. Like, it, they, it's too... Yeah, they modeled it after her look in, like, one poster where she's, like, standing still. And then yeah. they pose her like she's shooting an arrow. And it's like... <laughs> she's like, don't worry, fans, I'm disappointed, too. Holy fuck, they want $90 for this. That's the thing. If this is, like, a $20 toy, this is, like, a display piece. This is supposed to be, like, a centerpiece for your, your uh, wedding table. And your well, your wife's gonna look at it and go, no. Like naked figures thrall. are like forty dollars and better looking than that. Uh, I got my mercy in. Oh, cool. Um, it's kind of. I wasn't expecting it, so it was like this pleasant surprise that Mercy showed up. I got my my mercy package. And it's like I don't. This isn't funny. There's a there's a global pandemic right now. I don't need puns, and I threw in the trash. Yay! Good night, everyone. And, and remember, um, B stars is okay, but Pop Team Epic is A K own with me. Nailed it. Thank you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>